right, welcome back to Formate Arbitration. And today, again, I have Mr. John Poskin. And uh, he's going to go, he's going to do this transfer thing. I promise you that. Last week he came on and, and took about an hour, did a fantastic job. I was listening to it. I was like, man, this is some good stuff right here. And then somehow I screwed it up. And so this time I promised him, I promise y'all I'm going to get it right because I'm not going to mess with it. He's going to do his episode. I'm going to call Cole Billups, and he's going to walk me through this thing again on how to save this thing so so uh, John doesn't waste his time. I appreciate this guy more than he knows. Uh, when I first started the podcast, he was one of my fir- first people that l- reached out to me. And uh, he's like, hey, I've got some contentions you could look at. I'm also an advocate. Got some arbitration decisions you can look at. And so from then on, we've just kind of gone back and forth. He's from Region 3 up in Chicago. So uh, turned in to be a good friend and uh, has helped me along the way. So I appreciate him. And I appreciate him wanting to come on and talk to y'all to educate because that's what it's all about. So I'm not going to do a whole lot of talking. I'm going to let John come on, do his thing. And then I'm going to end this thing on the other side of it. JB's going to be on next week talking about quarterly overtimes. And uh, so I'll just... I'm going to get off here, quit talking. I'm going to let John have it, and then uh, I'll close this thing out. John, you with me? Yes, sir, Corey. I'm here, brother. All right, my man. Hey, I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to let you handle this. Hey, I, I'm going to I'm gonna get this right, I promise. <laughs> it's going to work out, so don't worry about it. You, you do your thing, my man, and I'll holler at you on the other side, all right? All right, sounds good, Corey. And uh, right, once man. again, thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on. I feel it's an honor to be on the podcast. Um, I've been listening since probably somewhere around the 10th episode or so is when I found out about it. Um, I've gone back and listened to them all. And uh, really, there's just been a lot of good information on this podcast for for members, for stewards, arbitration advocates, you know, whatever, whatever you do with the union, you know, branch officers. So I really think this is a a great podcast and uh, I'm glad to be on it. Uh, just a little background about myself before I start into the how to de- tra- uh, grieve a transfer denial. Uh, I've been a letter carrier since 2001. Uh, I became a union steward in my station in 2014. Uh, that's when I started getting a lot more involved in the union. Um, and then in 2017, I became a formal A representative for my branch, which is branch 4016. Uh, and then later that year, uh, my business agent who's been on here, Mike Cariff, asked me to uh, go to the Step B training. I've been a backup DRT representative since 2017. Um, and uh, in 2018, I actually ran for trustee for my branch. I was a trustee for three years. Um, in, the, in the interim there, in 2019, I went to the advocate training at National. I've been an arbitration advocate since the end of 2019. And this year, I actually uh, stepped into a new role with my branch as the recording secretary for Branch 4016. And I really just want to say, along the way, I've got to meet and work with a lot of great people in Branch 4016, officers, stewards, members uh, in Region 3, from the Region 3 office to uh, people I've met at different trainings nationally and, of course, on social media. Uh, I really don't want to say too many names here because I'd feel bad if I left somebody out. But I do appreciate all the people I've worked with throughout the years and all the things I've learned through all these different people. And um, and really just a quick thing, uh, I am an admin for a, a Facebook group called Ask a Steward. I work with a great group of admins there, and it's another resource where if anybody has any questions about the contract or grievances or anything like that, go ahead, join the group on Facebook. 
Uh, just make sure you answer the membership, the questions to get in there. If you don't answer them, you will not be allowed to join the group. And with that, I'll start on our topic for the day, which is again, uh, grieving a denial of a transfer request. And to start off here, you know, sometimes if you're a steward or you may have a member bring a letter to you like this, and I'm just gonna uh, read, read this letter from one of the sample cases I'm using today. Um, and this one, uh, dated March 17, 2021, it stated your request to reassign to the South Florida District has been reviewed by the selecting official in accordance with the MOU regarding transfers, an employee must have an acceptable work attendance and safety record and meet the minimum qualifications for all positions which they request reassignment. The Postal Service reviews the records to determine if your record is suitable. Due to your unreason unacceptable safety records, your request for reassignment for the following choice has been denied. And this was the Miami Beach Post Office installation, city carrier level one. And when they kind of thank them for their uh, desire to try to get that position after they tell them, you know, we're not taking you. Um, so the first things we got to look at is uh, if, if a carrier brings this to you as a steward, um, is this is this something I can even grieve? If so, do I grieve it? Do they grieve it in, in Miami Beach? And then what how do I meet my burden of proof if it is something to grieve? So. Start by reading a little bit out of uh, page 1247 of the JCAM in Article 12. Um, in section six, it's just, you know, real simple here. It says uh, 6A, installation heads will consider requests for transfers submitted by employees from other installations. Um, then in the box underneath there, it talks about transfers. The provisions of Article 12.6 must be read in conjunction with the Memorandum of Understanding on Transfers reprinted below. And we'll, we'll talk about that next. The denial of a transfer request is a grievable matter. When the denial of a transfer request is grieved, the disputed decision is by the postmaster of another installation. Nevertheless, any grievances conserving the denial of a transfer request must be filled with the must be filed with the aggrieved employee's immediate supervisor as required by Article 15.2. Arbitrators from one region have the authority to order postmasters in another region to accept a transfer request. So that right there, that language answers a few of our questions. Number one, it is a grievable matter because the, uh, the notice itself didn't really say whether it could be grieved or not. Number two, it's grieved locally. And it talks, when it talks about an arbitrator from one region has the authority to order a postmaster in another region to accept the transfer, that also applies to any step of the grievance procedure. So, it, you know, you, you file it locally and that's, that's how that works. Now we talk about the transfer memo a little bit. And um, the first thing I'm going to go to the next page on the JCAM here, 12-48. And 1B, it talks about this. Installation heads will afford full consideration to all reassignment requests from employees in other geographical areas within the Postal Service. The request will be considered in the order received consistent with the vacancies being filled and the type of positions requested. Such requests from qualified employees consistent with the provisions of this memorandum will not be unreasonably denied. And right there that, and I'm not gonna read the rest of the box, but right there, that, that gives a standard. It will not be unreasonably denied uh, because the rest of it talks about economic conditions and then the, uh, the ratio of one on four or one in six, depending on the installation size. That's really a grievable matter on the other end if they're improperly taking the transfer. Um, but letter D also um, right here gives, gives us some more. And it states, managers will give full consideration to work, attendance, and safety records of all employees who are considered for reassignment. 
An employee must have an acceptable work attendance and safety record and meet the minimum qualifications for all positions to which they request reassignment. Both the gaining and losing installation heads must be fair in their evaluations. And it says evaluations must be valid and to the point with unsatisfactory work records accurately documented. An employee must have one year of service in the pres present installation prior to requesting reassignment to another installation. Employees reassigned to installations under the provisions of this memorandum must remain in the new installation for a period of one year unless released by the installation head earlier. So that talks about the lock-in period as well as what the standard is. Um, now, lock-in period for a, a transfer outside of your geographical area or district, I believe, it's one year. Uh, if it's within your own, it is 18 months. That's a separate uh, memo here that talks about that. Um, but other than that, the other, all the other language is the same as far as um, what the standard is for a transfer. Um, but the key here is, all right, so we have to show that the employee had an acceptable work attendance safety record. Um, and that management actually has to give a fair evaluation. They have to give full consideration of work attendance and safety records. Full consideration. That means they got to really dig in here and find out what's going on. So in this particular case that uh, I reference, in this case, both these both the cases I'll be speaking about will be posted on from A to arbitration with the episode. Um, and the first thing I did as the formal A representative here was send in an information request to the postmaster of the installation. And in my information request, I asked for a copy of all documents used and reviewed by the selecting official to deny the grievance transfer request. Contact information, including email and phone number for the selecting official so I can interview the official in regards to the transfer denial in this case. A statement or document showing that the grievance is a safety captain at, this was at the Chicago Heights office in our, in our region, and the length of time she has been in this role. And copies of any discipline received for safety violations or any accidents she was in, including any grievance settlements for any of those disciplines. Um, I obviously had some of a conversation with this, this carrier before then because I was aware she was a safety captain. Uh, that's one of the things she told me, which is why I put that in the information request. Um, so the postmaster did turn over to me um, contact information um, for the selecting official as well as um, some PS form 1769-301, which are accident reports and a key indicator report, which also shows accident history of the employee on that. So looking at the two, at the, there was two separate 1769 accident reports. The first one, uh, which was earlier, involved a dog attack um, in which uh, basically um, the children of the house let the dog out. Uh, actually, it was two dogs. And they chased, and and she got bit, um, and she's just unable to really, you know, get up her bag or anything in time to avoid avoid being bit. Um, and this happened several years prior to um, prior to this request. Um, I think it was twenty sixteen. Yeah. And then um, the second accident was actually a vehicle accident in the winter time. Um, in which the carrier hit some mailboxes when she slid on some ice. Um, that's the only one that was actually listed on the key indicator report. Um, so I was reviewing this evidence, and then uh, at the same time, I was sending emails to attempt to interview the selecting official. I think that's crucial in these kind of cases that you try to interview 
the selecting official uh, in order to try to see why they denied it and how deep did they really look? Did they did they actually give full consideration? Because um, if they didn't, then you got a violation of the contract there. So I sent three separate emails uh, to the selecting official, and she never once responded to anything after multiple attempts. So I was never able to interview her, um, which did add to the violation in this case, which is that when I get to my contentions, you'll see that there's actually two issue statements for this case. Um, but I also, this that required me, I also did pull memo M00454, which I'm pretty sure Corey's probably mentioned on the podcast in the past. Uh, that's that's the memo that kind of requires that supervisors and managers answer questions from the union um, that are germane questions during the investigation of a grievance. That's the key line in, in this memo. Um, and it's also, I believe, in the JCAM, it's, it's the same language in Article 17. So, in this case, though, what I did decide to do, because I knew this postmaster a little bit, and I, I was pretty aware that she uh, she generally liked this employee. So, I decided to interview her own postmaster as well, because um, it does talk about uh, managers give full consideration. So, I figured it couldn't hurt to interview the postmaster. So, this is, this is, some, this is the interview with the postmaster, and it says, how long have you been the postmaster at OIC for the Chicago Heights Post Office? And she stayed in 2019, um, and then she became the postmaster in 2020. And this grievance is from 2019. Yeah, it started December 2019. Uh, During your time as postmaster OIC, have you reviewed the safety records of your employees? Yes, I have. Have you reviewed the grievance safety record? Yes, I have. How would you characterize this grievance safety record? One occurrence where she hit an icy object. She hit an object in icy conditions. It wasn't bad. So that's that's key right there. She was already saying her, her record wasn't bad. And considering that the the requirement is acceptable, um, that's pretty good. Have you ever disciplined the grievant for violating safety regulations? No. Would you accept a carrier transfer into the Chicago Heights office with the grievance safety record? Yes. So now I've gotten this official to admit if she saw the same record, she would accept the transfer. I think that's that was huge in this case. Um, isn't it true that Grieven is a safety captain for the NALC at the Chicago Heights facility? Yes, she is. Overall, how would you rate the Grieven as an employee for USPS? She is an excellent carrier, has good work ethics, is a go-to carrier in the Chicago Heights, always willing to step in and help. She is familiar with 99% of the routes, including vacancies and customers, comes to work prepared to work with a positive attitude. So obviously that was, a, that was pretty much a recommendation of this employee to, to be transferred. Um, so now what I'm going to do here is, um, you know, walk through some of my contentions here. You know, Corey's mentioned to me a lot of people do ask about contentions. So I'm going to kind of walk through a little bit about how I do them. Uh, a lot of people may do them different ways than what I do them. There's no wrong or right way to do this. Um, but, you know, I kind of have my methods that's that's worked for me over the years. But I always look at other people's stuff and try to incorporate things as well. So I, I suggest everybody do that. Um, so I raised two issues here. Uh, the first issue is did management violate articles 3, 12, and 19 of the national agreement by denying the grievance transfer request to the Miami Beach, Florida post office? And if so, what is the proper remedy? The second issue is did management violate articles 15, 17, and 31 of the national agreement by failing to provide information requested by the union in this case and failing to participate in an interview with the union, therefore harming the union's effort to properly investigate and represent the grievance in this case? And if so, what is the proper remedy? And I just kind of made a note that everything would be contended together below because really the, the second issue affected the first issue in this case. Um, 
So, then if I turn to the, the next page here and I just start into the contentions a little bit, because I already kind of gave you some of the background here, um, which is what's in the facts. Uh, other than I put the selecting official has failed to explain why the grievance safety record was unacceptable. That was fact number 10. But the union contentions, the union contends that while management has the right to hire, promote, transfer, they have agreed to limit some of their authority and discretion in the matter. Management did this when they agreed to the language in Article 12.6 of the National Agreement, which states, and this is what I read earlier out of the JCAM there, where it says installation heads will consider requests for transfer submitted by employees from other installations. My next contention, and I like to, to put the contract language, intermingle it with my contention so I could kind of, was the DRT team or an arbitrator, they're kind of they're looking right at it right there. So they see how it ties with my contentions. I, that's how I like to do it. Some people like to list their contentions and their um, contract provisions completely separate. And there's nothing wrong with either approach. Um, the language in Article 12.6 would seem to only put limited responsibility on management when they're evaluating transfers. However, the polarities went further on page 12-45 of the JCAM with the filing language from the transfer memo states the filing binding language. Now, the 1245, I'm pretty sure it's a different page now. This is from the 2014 JCAM. So you take that into consideration when you're, uh, if you're reviewing these on the website. Um, the provisions of Article 12.6 must be read in conjunction with the Memorandum of Understanding of Transfers reprinted below. And this, this, is, this is the stuff I read to you earlier, it just says it's a grievable matter. Um, and it says this language explains that Article 12.1 and 12.2 must be read in conjunction with an MOU that I will cite below. The JCAM tells us that, that although a grievance challenging the decision of another postmaster or deciding official, that we still have to file a grievance with our immediate supervisor. And that was done in this case. Um, and then below I have the MOU language uh, that I read earlier um, stating that managers will give full consideration to work attendance and safety records of all employees who are considered for reassignment. An employee must have an acceptable work attendance and safety record and meet the minimum qualifications for all positions he or she requests reassignment. Um, that says both the gaining and losing installation heads must be fair in their evaluations. So I already have an evaluation from the losing installation head that was very good for our employee and the other person failed to participate. Um, and say so some evaluations must be valid and to the point with unsatisfactory work records accurately documented. Um, so the only documents that we received in this case was a 1769, which necessary we don't even know for sure that's what the other uh, installation had reviewed, and that's something I will be covering in my my contentions as well. So um, skipping on to the next page of my contentions and a little bit further down here, um, said so it's important to keep in mind what the parties at the national level have agreed upon in regard to transfer requests. Management must give full consideration. This means there is a requirement for a full and complete examination of the totality of an individual employee's work record. Management must give full consideration. This also means that when there are questions, research must be done to find out if there are mitigating circumstances surrounding the grievance. Safety record, especially when there is no safety-related discipline on file, must also be noted that the selecting official has failed to respond to multiple requests from the union to schedule an interview uh, with the selecting official concerning her reasons for denying the grievance transfer in this case. A negative inference must be drawn towards management's position in this case 
since the selecting official has failed to cooperate with a completely reasonable interview request by the union in this case. And uh, anytime you, you don't get cooperation from um, uh, somebody in an interview, a supervisor, postmaster, selecting official, whom, whoever it is, make sure you, 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 you raise that in your contentions that the negative inference must be drawn. Um, I also, in this case, since the selecting official has failed to cooperate, one can only assume that she is unable to justify denying the grievance transfer request. Because if she could, there would be no reason for her to avoid this interview request. So even though she didn't cooperate with me, I want to raise the issue. Hey, look, obviously she's dodging me for a reason. She can't justify the denial here. Uh, also, over the grievance 16-plus year career with USPS, she has only two recorded accidents. In 2016, she was attacked by two dogs that the kids let out and was bitten, which is simply a hazard of the job as a letter carrier. And I think all letter carriers can relate to this. That, you know, sometimes a dog just gets out somehow. And, you know, sometimes we get bit, sometimes we don't. But these things happen. It's, it's not, she didn't do anything unsafe to cause this to happen. The kids let the dog out. That's not her fault. Um, nothing in the report indicates that the agreement was reckless or failed to file proper safety protocols. It was simply an unprovoked dog attack that in and of itself does not constitute the grievance is unsafe. The second incident from 2017, which is four years ago at this point, involved her vehicle accident where icy conditions caused the grievance to hit some mailboxes. Again, the employee was not disciplined for any safety violations. There, so therefore, it was clear the hazardous conditions caused this accident. Also, it's very unlikely that the grievance will ever really have to drive in icy conditions in Miami Beach, Florida. So this should not have raised any red flags with the selecting official anyhow. You know, I, th I think it was important to point out that we've, she's completely switching climates here, that this kind of accident is something that she's just never probably going to run into in Florida. Um, even if the vehicle accident were the grievance fault, one accident in a 16-year career, and I always like to mention, especially long years of service, because as Corey said, arbitrators love um, love this, you know, years of service um, or tenure, as I believe Corey calls it. A 16-year career would hardly qualify as an employee with an unacceptable safety record. And to be clear, Article 12 states an employee's record must only be acceptable. Nowhere does it state it must be perfect, incredible, or exemplary. It's important to note that when the union interviewed the employee's current postmaster, she stated she would accept the transfer of a carrier with the same safety record as the grievance. Her postmaster also confirmed that the grievance is a safety captain for the Chicago Heist Post Office. The postmaster also went on to state that the grievance is an excellent carrier. For these reasons, management violated Article 12 of the National Agreement when they denied the grievance transfer request, and therefore this grievance must be sustained in its entirety. Um, and further down, I go on. Management failing to provide the union with the safety records reviewed by the selecting official in regards to the grievance transfer has hampered the union's ability to represent the grievance in this case, and a negative inference should be made towards management's position in this case. Management must provide information requested by the union for grievance handling. This is not optional. Also, selecting official Brandon's refusal to be interviewed in, in regards to this grievance violates M00454, which is included in the case file. Management's failure to cooperate with a union investigation is unacceptable. It is management who has the information, and therefore they must provide it. And then I provide the Article 713.3, JCAMP 17.3 language below that, um, which talks about their obligation to supply information to the union. And, and, and 31.1 of the JCAMP as well. Um, and then the remedy requested in this case, it says, based on the information in this case, case the union requests the following remedies. 
Management cease and desist violating Articles 3, 12, 17, 19, and 31 of the National Agreement. The grievance transfer request be approved immediately and that the grievance will be transferred to the Miami Beach, Florida Post Office as soon as administratively possible. I think you always want to add on these kind of grievances that they need to move them quickly because they've already been forced to wait some time uh, by the time this grievance moves through the uh, process. Um, if another transfer was accepted or an employee converted to the position, the grievance would have received. The grievance is to be placed on that assignment and her seniority date shall be one day prior to that of the employee who was chosen for the position instead of her. I also ask that the grievance shall be paid out of schedule pay for each day her transfer was delayed due to management's violation of the national agreement in this case. If that assignment has the same schedule as the current assignment, we ask for $10 a day. The transfer was delayed as a remedy instead of the out of schedule pay or whatever remedies the step B team or an arbitrator deem appropriate. So in this particular case, um, the postmaster and I could not uh, come to an agreement. So, and you're gonna find that a lot in transfer cases because these postmasters are gonna be very unwilling to tell another postmaster that they gotta take an employee they've already said they wouldn't take or another installation head if it's not a postmaster. But um, so this went to DRT and we actually did get a, a decision here. Um, this, this was decisioned in April 1st of 2020. Uh, and it stated, did management violate Articles 3, you know, the same issue statement I already read. And it says, the DRT has resolved this grievance. The grievance tra transfer shall be granted her voluntary transfer request to reassign as a time regular city carrier to this. Oh, this is going wrong. Yep. My apologies, I said I made the wrong step decision. I'm sorry, this one was decision in uh, July 2021. Um, again, management decision here is management violate Article 12 of the National Agreement and the transfer memo when they improperly deny the grievance transfer request to the Miami Beach Post Office. The grievance will be transferred to the Miami Beach Post Office as soon as administratively possible. The grievance seniority date will be placed one day senior to the employee who filled the position for which she was being considered if that position has been filled. Uh, and then in the explanation section, um, what seemed to be key to the DRT team on the second page here, talks about the NALC formal step A representative made multiple attempts to interview the selected official uh, concerning this grievance. The record indicates the selecting official did not respond to requests for an interview. The grievance employee key indicator report only showed a single safety related incident, which could have been considered adversely a motor vehicle accident in 2017. The USPS formal step A representative characterized the accident as minor and unavoidable. The union made a reasonable effort to investigate the basis of the denial of the grievance transfer request. The selecting official waived the USPS's right to expound on her reasoning by not responding to the union's requests for interviews. The USPS formal step A representative wrote that the grievance had been the safety captain in the Chicago Heights Post Office for eight years and was very cognizant of her duties concerning safety. She further stated the grievance was an excellent carrier and that she would have accepted a transfer with the grievance safety record. The DRT agrees the grievance transfer was unreasonably denied and management failed to give full and fair consideration to the grievance safety record when considering the grievance transfer request. This constitutes a violation of Article 12 of the National Agreement and the transfer memo. The appropriate remedy is to rescind the denial of the grievance transfer request and approve the grievance request to transfer to the Miami Beach Post Office 
The grievance relative seniority will, within the gaining installation should not be adversely affected by the contractual violation. Accordingly, the DRT has resolved this grievance as indicated in the decision section. Um, well, that's great. We were able to get this the grievance uh, transfer requ uh, request approved. Uh, obviously, the DRT did not award the uh, out of schedule pay or the ten dollar a day remedy. Um, but that's that's okay. Um, I've you know I've spoken to this grievance since then. Um, they've remained in you know text or whatever contact. She's very happy with her transfer. She was very appreciative. He got it, which um, you know a lot of times being a steward, it is kind of a thankless job sometimes. But when you approve somebody's transfer, they generally are uh, do do at least contact you and tell you thank you and are very appreciative of it. Um, so I, I, I decided to grab a second case here too, because um, this one involves something a little different, involved actually work record and um, um, attendance was the reason this one was denied. It was a local transfer and the, uh, the official on the other end um, actually did um, allow, did, did um, have an interview. We did have an interview with her. So again, I was a formal step eight representative for this case. It was also, uh, this was a local transfer. Um, so I put in, there was an information request here put in for, for the attendance, which turned out to be the 3972s in the key indicator report um, that was used. And then I also was able to interview the selecting official Reading the uh, 3972s in the key indicator report that was requested, uh, I noticed some distinct uh, differences between the 3972s and the uh, key indicator report in this case is that the 3972s didn't note that there were FMLA absences on here, which I believe it's supposed to, um, but the key indicator report definitely did. Uh, and, you know, uh, you're not allowed to take adverse actions against somebody for uh, FMLA protected absences that would include denying a transfer. Uh, this would violate federal law and our contract. So uh, that's something I noticed right away, and then that was part of why um, I definitely wanted to interview the selecting official. So I'll go to the interview here with the selecting official, and uh, it states uh, the first question I asked was, "What documents or evidence did you use when evaluating the grievance requested to transfer to the South Holland Post Office?" State everything from e-reassign, whatever they sent me. Do you call what they, the second question, do you call what they sent? Not really, I don't, I don't keep it. So these, these were verbatim answers, by the way. I wrote down word for word what she said. Um, when reviewing that evidence, what led you to the conclusion that you should deny her transfer request? Probably based on attendance. What attendance records did you use to evaluate the grievance? The 3972s. Did you speak to anyone about the grievance attendance issues to find out circumstances around her absences? No. Uh, did you fill out an evaluation form in regards to the grievance transfer? I did not. Did you speak to, to the grievance about her attendance situation? No. What about the grievance work record caused you to deny the grievance transfer request? I don't recall. Did you speak to anyone about the grievance work record? No. What documents did you review when you're considering the grievance work record? 3972s, I can't remember since it was December. Ultimately, can you explain the reasons you rejected the grievance transfer request? Probably based on the 3972, can't remember. Well, those answers clearly helped the grievance quite a bit in this case because she doesn't even seem like she did much of an investigation at all. She couldn't even really remember what documents she reviewed. She didn't talk to anybody about any of the situation in any way, shape, or form. 
Uh, the grievance did supply a statement just kind of about her history and what she was going on. I, I don't think it actually played a large role, though, in the, the decision in this case. Um, and uh, I'm going to walk you through my contentions a little bit. Uh, just, you know, to point out in the union facts, I, I did state the grievance started in 2005 as a PTF. Uh, she became a carrier technician in the Evanston Post Office in 2012. She was reassigned to the Dalton Office in 2017. Uh, and this case was from 2019, 2020 uh, area. Um, in the beginning of this contention, start off a lot like the other one, so I don't need to really read, read the contract language and stuff, but I'll get to the meat here in about the fourth page. Um, I talk about it's important to keep in mind what the parties at the national level have agreed upon in regard to transfer requests. Management must give full consideration. This means there is a requirement for a full and complete examination of the totality of an individual employee's work record. This also means that when there are questions, research must be done to find out if there are mitigating circumstances surrounding the grievance attendance, especially when there is no attendance related discipline on file. In this case, the South Highland OIC merely reviewed the grievance PS Form 3972s as admitted by the selecting official during the union's interview with her. See attached interview. The selecting official did not ask the grievance if there are any mitigating circumstances regarding her absences, nor did she inquire with local management. The grievance current OIC admitted to me that the selecting OIC never uh, asked him about the grievance attendance. In addition, a good portion of the leave used by the grievance was FMLA protected and should not be held against her. As to do so would be a violation of federal law and our national agreement. Lastly, the standard here is that the grievance record only needs to be acceptable. Since she is deemed acceptable to work at the Dalton Post Office, she must also be acceptable to work at the South Highland facility as well. Again, the transfer MOU specifically states that the standard is acceptable. It does not say exemplary or remarkable. Therefore, management should have accepted the grievance transfers. In the next paragraph, we talk about it is important to note there is no requirement that the employee have perfect or above average attendance record. The requirement is acceptable. The dictionary defines acceptable as capable or worthy of being accepted, barely satisfactory or adequate. Since her attendance record has been acceptable at the Dalton facility, it must also be acceptable at any facility in the Dalton in, in the post office. You know, obviously, if this employee was fine at the office she was at and her attendance was okay there, why would her attendance not be acceptable at another office? Again, that standard is low. Acceptable is 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 you know adequate, barely adequate. Um, during the union interview with the OIC, I asked her what work records did she review when considering the grievance work record. The OIC's response was the PS Form 3972, and I can't remember. I also asked the OIC what work records caused you to deny the transfer request. Her response was, I don't recall. I asked the OIC if she spoke to anyone about the grievance work records. Her response was no. Based on the OIC, the answers the OIC gave in relation to the grievance work record, she didn't investigate the work records at all. OIC Foster failed to give the grievance full consideration by denying her transfer request based on the work record. It is clear she failed to even review the grievance work records. Therefore, again, management violated Article 12 by failing to approve the grievance transfer request in this case. And I really want to point out, there's two reasons for the denial here. Management has to, has to actually, you know, have both reasons when they, when they cite two. At least that's the way I'm going to interpret it, that they have to actually have both reasons been, been accurate. And in this case, neither one was. The grievance attendance was fine. And she never even did a review of her work record. You know, there's no um, 3999s or street observations. There was no discipline for performance. There's nothing like that. 
Um, this, this denial was completely arbitrary and capricious. Um, and I also mentioned here that there was a couple arbitration awards that I used to support my position in this case. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll actually take a look at those after I, I finish here with, with this case. Um, but on the right, me I asked for was for management to cease and desist. The degree would be transferred to the South Holland Post Office. Um, and, you know, she received out of schedule. Her seniority date would be placed one day before uh, anybody who was either converted or accepted in her place. That she get out of schedule pay or $10 a day if the schedule was a change. Just, just like the other case I did, this is a very similar remedy request. Um, so, again, this, this case also went to step B and was decided at the step B level on April 1st of 2020. Um, and so the grievance shall be granted a voluntary request to reassign as a full-time regular carrier to South Holland installation. And her seniority date would be March 14, 2020 and be number one for that rank. Uh, if you go online and read this decision, you'll see there were some modifications done by the ADR. That's because there was actually another transfer that was also improperly denied to the same facility. And it created a situation that kind of um, required that they also convert somebody in, in, in accordance with the, um, the ratios. Uh, so that's talked about in here, but we'll talk about the uh, the reasons why they came up with the decision that they did. Um, so in here on the second page of the DRT decision towards the bottom here, so the union conducted an interview with South Holland officer in charge regarding her denial of the grievance transfer request. When a series of questions by the union failed to detail with, when asked a series of questions by the union failed to detail with any specificity how she came to the determination that the grievance had an unacceptable work in attendance. There is no evidence that the grievance had an unacceptable work record at the time her transfer request was denied. The grievance had two unscheduled absences in 2017, nine in 2018, and four in 2019. All other absences were associated with FMLA and may not be considered. When the OIC was asked by the union during their investigation, she never stated with any detail how the grievance attendance was unacceptable. Her answers during the interview conducted by the union were vague. This was an opportunity for her to support the determination that she was denying the request. After thoroughly reviewing the grievance attendance from 2017 through 2019, the DRT finds the South Holland Post Office unreasonably denied the grievance transfer request. The grievance did not possess a perfect attendance record at the time of her transfer request, but the transfer member only requires her to have acceptable attendance. After being directly questioned about her denial, the OIC failed to substantiate her claim that the grievance had unacceptable attendance. In conclusion, the DRT agrees that management failed to give full and fair consideration to the grievance attendance record when denying the grievance transfer request in violation of Article 12 of the National Agreement and the Transfer Memo. After coming to the determination, management failed to give full and fair consideration to the grievance tr voluntary transfer request. This was the, this was referred to the alternate dispute resolution team at headquarters, and again, this had to do with uh, another grievance that was filed out of the same facility. Um, so, really, like I said in the other case, to you know, uh, interviews and uh, getting what evidence management used are really the two two keys to these kind of cases. Um, most of the time, you're going to find that well, when you talk, you know, I've done other ones, you know, I've done a, a, a share of these and I've had good fortune with them so far. And something I consistently find is maybe about half the time the selecting official actually cooperates with the interview. And when they actually do, they usually do not answer the basic questions of the ones I asked very well at all. You could tell that they've generally glanced at some paperwork, maybe like a 3972 or a key indicator report. 
but they generally have asked nobody anything. They never call it, contact the grievant. They very rarely contact the postmaster of the station they're at. And that, that falls well short of their obligation in Article 12. Um, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of our members may not even know that they could grieve these because when they get the letter in the mail, it doesn't tell them that they have the right to file a grievance. Um, so there's probably, you know, they probably get away with those kinds of denials because it's not aggrieved as often as maybe it, it could or should be. I mean, that's, that is a little bit of i I'm taking a guess there, but, um, but I also like to like, these are a couple of cases that went to arbitration. So I'd like to talk about some arbitrators thoughts on, um, transfer denials. This first one I'm going to talk about was out of, uh, Putnam, excuse me, Connecticut and, um, this was in front of arbitrator Jonathan Klein, um, and we'll go to the, a little bit of the meat of the decision here. In the in the in the opinion of the arbitrator here, the arbitrator opines: the arbitrator determines that the standard of acceptable work safety and attendance records must be objectively viewed based upon which is expected of a reasonable employee. In this context, acceptable means that the an employee's performance as it relates. So the aforementioned factors is satisfactory and otherwise meets the employer's reasonable and objective expectations. Therefore, management cannot require a standard which is higher than acceptable in evaluating an employee's request for reassignment. The arbitrator further finds that management's contractual obligation to give full consideration to transfer requests means that their decision must be based upon objective reasons and the request must not be unreasonably denied. Uh, and a few, a few pages further into it, he also opines, in the instant case, there is no evidence that management attempted to obtain any additional information regarding the grievance absence record or the nature of his personal life problems referenced in the email sent by Supervisor Latino, both of which are related to one another. There is also no documentary evidence contained in the joint case file that management conducted an investigation or that even looked into the grievance on-duty accident to determine whether he was at fault. The grievant noted that he was not contacted by Las Vegas Post Office regarding this matter. There is no evidence that the installation head of the Las Vegas Post Office had any knowledge regarding the specific circumstances of the grievance accident. And as you can see, just, just by the arbitrator's opining here, again, the selecting official made no effort to talk to anybody. He goes on further. As noted above, the documentation contained in the joint file provides no information concerning the circumstances of the grievance accident. The arbitrator determined that management, the Las Vegas Post Office, should have inquired into the nature of the grievance sole accident in order to afford him a fair evaluation as required by the Memorandum of Understanding on Transfers. In the event that such an inquiry had been conducted, management may have discovered that the grievant was not at fault for the accident and he did not miss any work as a result thereof. The full consideration of a transfer request, which is required of management under the Memorandum of Understanding on Transfers, involves a whole person approach and a fair evaluation based upon an employee's work, attendance, and safety records. It is clear that management failed to give full consideration to the grievance attendance and safety records in this case. As such, the arbitrator concludes that the grievance transfer request was unreasonably denied for the reason that management improperly determined that his attendance and safety records were unacceptable without first giving full consideration to those factors. So that's just one arbitrator's interpretation, but as you can see, uh, they do expect that management make an effort to investigate and look into the situation, not just kind of look at a couple of forms real quick and make a determination without really looking into the thing. Um, the second one that I cited here was from arbitrator August, 
uh, who's one I personally uh, cite a lot as an arbitration advocate. And this is out of San Diego, California. And she opines in part some of the following here. On page 12, it says management averred that the evaluation process was utilized by the postmaster at Sun City through the decision analysis tool. And from his testimony, it was obvious that a review was completed. However, the review fell short of that required by a national agreement via the transfer memo. The memo requires that full consideration be given and provides for an examination of the totality of an employee's individual work record. This means when there are questions, research must be done to find out if there are any mitigating circumstances surrounding the accidents and absences in this case, especially when there is no corresponding discipline on file. Uh, so arbitrator August here specifically notes that when there's no discipline, they really need to look into it. Um, the national agreement is clarified by the parties in the JCAM, goes on to state that any evaluations based on the application of arbitrary standards, such as defined minimum sick leave balance, do not meet this standard. An arbitrary standard applied to a transfer request, such as the Sun City Postmaster's arbitrary standard of zero sick leave usage being the only satisfactory standard, clearly would not meet the standards set by the parties in the memo. Uh, she goes on on page 14 to opine the following. In the instant case, the postmaster at Sun City denied the grievance request based on the presence of accidents and unscheduled absences. There was no indication that there was any further investigation in the employee's work record, which was a requirement of the transfer memo based on the totality of an employee's individual work record. A closer look at the grievance record would have provided mitigating circumstances for the absences in a clearer and a clear look at the documented accidents. Additionally, the transfer memo, while purposely not providing definitive standards, did not provide it that any arbitrary standards such, such as zero sick leave usage set by the postmaster in this case, would not meet the standards required by the memo. So yeah, in this particular case, the uh, selecting official created some kind of arbitrary standard and uh, she also opined that that's just unacceptable as well. Uh, again, article 12 says what it says. And that's the standard that management has to live up to in this kind of cases. Um, um, so with that, you know, I just just saying that um, if if anybody has uh, working on or in the future would be working on one of these kind of cases, a, a, a transfer denial grievance, uh, if they had any questions about this, about what I talked about today, or or with with those kind of things, I wouldn't mind assisting them. I'd be glad to do it. If you could just forward um, an email to Corey or to, from Ada Arbitration, I'm sure Corey would be glad to forward it on to me. And I'd be happy to assist in any way I can. Um, I said earlier, I, I have a decent amount of experience with these. This isn't something that comes up a lot. I, I wouldn't say I've done a ton of these, but I have done them. Uh, I, I feel like um, I have a pretty good grasp on them. And I think um, I've done well, but I also think part of the reason I've done well is I've had uh, carriers who are very worthy of the transfers. These were fine carriers who had long careers and were, were good employees that were being denied for fairly arbitrary reasons. Um, and, you know, who knows what the selecting official on the other side was doing. They may have had their own personal reasons for it, or they were just lazy or whatever it is. Um, but um, in a lot of cases, we can get these approved um, by making sure we hold management to the standard in Article 12. Uh, with that, Corey, if, uh, I'd like to turn it back over to you, sir. All right, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> John, if this comes out, it's going to be a miracle. We, uh, about halfway through it, I look at it and there's nothing coming through. I mean, John is completely gone. And uh, I'm like, maybe he's taking a break and nothing. 
So I messaged him. I was like, hey, man, you still with me? He said, yeah, I'm still talking. So we had to start another recording. So I'm going to try to get Cole Billups to help me uh, get the first recording, splice this second recording onto the first recording so that y'all can get this. So if if, uh, if it comes out about halfway through it, you hear a little glitch or something, that's me trying to splice this thing together. So <laughs> there's just something against John. I don't know what it is. But uh, we're going to make it happen. That was a fantastic episode. Everything that you need to know about transfers, you just heard it. Uh, so, John, I appreciate you, brother, for coming on. We're going to make this happen. Cole Billups is going to be my savior today when I call him and tell him what's going on. So uh, we're going to make it happen. Uh, I appreciate John. I appreciate uh, Region 3 letting him come on. There are some reasons that forbid their members from coming on here and educating y'all, which is absolutely asinine to me. But they forbid their members from coming on here to educate, and they have told me so. So I don't, uh, I don't understand it, but, hey, it is what it is. Next week we'll have JB. He's going to be talking about quarterly overtimes. That'll be a great one. Like I've stated before, these are my two most requested, transfers and quarterly overtime. So a very good episode right there from John. Uh, fantastic job. That's everything that I wanted. And so there you have it. So all those that have reached out about transfers, there's your episode right there. And uh, so y'all have a fantastic rest of the week. It's busy on us now. We're working late. John's going to be delivering mail uh, tomorrow, I appreciate him coming on two weeks in a row to do this transfer episode, <laughs> but uh, it's getting late for us out there. Y'all be safe. Take care of yourselves, and I will talk to y'all next week with JB. All right? <laughs>